Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden. Where we continue to follow the capture and killing of Osama bin Laden now. Those are just some of the scenes overnight as thousands of Americans gathered in celebration of Osama bin Laden's death. Former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill says he has thought about the mission every day since that May Day in 2011. From multiple conversations you had with Rob O'Neill over the past year and a half, how'd you get And you described that his head kind of exploded yes. when you hit I, him. Yes, I actually hit him three times because I shot him twice when he was standing and once on the ground. That is the fucking American badass. Go, go, go. We are not going for fame and we are not going for bravado. We are going for the single mom who dropped her kids off at elementary school on a Tuesday morning, and then 45 minutes later, she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. I'm Rob O'Neill, and this is the Operator Podcast. Hello, friends. It's episode 22 of the Operator Podcast. I'm Robert J. O'Neill. I'm your host. And today, we had a plan. We were going to talk about a little bit of the history of Al-Qaeda, how that group came about, their founder and leader, Osama bin Laden. Because last week, episode 21, we talked about Afghanistan. We talked a little bit about, well, I wouldn't so much as say who fought in Afghanistan, but who hasn't fought in Afghanistan. People have been fighting there forever because it is a major gateway, a trade route from Asia to Europe, and a lot of people have been in Afghanistan. And a lot of these tribes have been around since before a lot of stuff that we we know. Uh, I've been to Afghanistan quite a few times. Uh, I, I, I don't, I, I've studied a lot about Afghanistan and the culture, and a little bit about a, um, some of the different reasons people fight, some of the different ideologies, some of the different bureaucracies, how ideologies clash and how a lot of us end up in Afghanistan. And there's a big difference between Afghanistan and a lot of different places in the world. We, we always seem, we being the United States, <clears throat> sometimes the coalition of the West, we find ourselves in different spots and we say it's, you know, whatever bu- bullshit about defending democracy and slowing the spread of communism. Um, we launder a lot of money. We go to places that we're interested in that, that host a lot of energy and we find ourselves in, in fights there. But uh, the people have been there. They put up with a lot of us. (laughs) There are people in Afghanistan who thought that 9-11 was a response to the American invasion of Afghanistan. Uh, There are people that saw us in Afghanistan and were wondering why the Russians were back or if the Russians ever left. You ever heard that story of the the Japanese dudes on the island that fought World War II (laughs) until like the 80s or whatever? Just him and (laughs) Pac-Man on the damn thing. Um, but uh, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about Afghanistan. We were going to go into the history of Al-Qaeda, but Afghanistan keeps keeps making noise. And um, I mean, when I bring up the bureaucracies, like Afghanistan, the response to 9-11 is the first time that we invoked the, the Article 5 of the North Atlantic Treaty. We did go into that. And uh, it just, you know, how it, it's a just fight and how we eventually screwed it up because we have a tendency to screw a lot of things up. And um, why Al-Qaeda hates us. And, and, and it's, you know, it's not as complex. Most things aren't as complex as you think they are. I mean, they could hate us because we're a bunch of assholes, which could be true. We hate them because they're assholes too. Uh, they attacked us, and and you know, they, but they see that we we kind of invaded their land. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that and and uh, where a lot of it comes from. Believe it or not, a lot of the reason people fight, other than oil and energy and riches and personal power and politicians and bureaucracies, they fight because because of religion and where it goes back to um, fighting over. Which God told which prophet what, and and I'm not trying to simplify prophets. Everyone from Jeremiah to Isaac, uh, what what the prophet Muhammad heard from the Word of God, and somewhere along the lines, as the Word of God went from prophets' ears out of their mouths to other people, it's not just a religion. If you notice, it's not just Christianity. It's not just Islam. They branch off into different stuff, and it's usually because. Man screwed it up, and man said something, and it was because of their best interests. Uh, some of these religions that we have in the United States now is because some king, some I'm not going into it, but some king somewhere couldn't divorce, divorce his wife, and so you know he he killed her. I don't know what she did to deserve that, but um, it was something. And then they form different religions so they can divorce and marry people, and the, you know um, word gets passed on. It's like it's like the little games you play um, in 
when you're in kindergarten and someone whispers one thing to someone that goes down the line, it comes back something completely different. You know, I'm sure that what what God said to the prophet is exactly what we're reading and, and hearing today. Blah blah blah. Um, but again, it's not as simplified as one religion or the other religion. So man gets involved, and Afghanistan seems to be in the middle. I was going to talk about Al-Qaeda. Afghanistan's making headlines again um, today. I'm going to touch on that too. And also, I get I get hit a lot with conspiracy theories because because I get on Mikuya at Mikuya. And I monitor that on, on Instagram and Twitter. And I have the Operator Podcast on Instagram. That one is is uh, more prone to be answered professionally with Mikuya. I just have more fun with that one. But I always say, what would you like to hear? What should we talk about? And a big one coming out recently, and I, I think you might have noticed. And don't get me wrong, man. I am entertained like a son of a bitch. But the UFOs, a lot of UFOs, a lot of conspiracies uh, are coming out, and, and I watch them, man, and there's some crazy shit. It almost makes me wonder, like people said, you know, you were on the mission to go into Pakistan and kill Bin Laden. It's like, well, as far as I know, I got in a helicopter out of what I think was Jalalabad, Afghanistan. I was told that, and I got off the ground that I told was Pakistan. Damn, dog. <laughs> These conspiracies are everywhere, and I like to touch on those because they're fun, but like a conspiracy I get asked about like a lot is um, – is uh, dumping Bin Laden's body at, at sea. Did you do it? Did we do it? Did it really happen? And then, of course, people always go back to, well, you didn't kill him. We didn't really kill him. It was all a hoax. And 9-11 was an inside job. And, and they, they always throw this at us. And how do you know it was Bin Laden, not a body double? And how about this? Why did you? And, and I'm at the point like, look, man, keep it simple. I was told by a team that found Bin Laden that he was in this house. This guy that's kick-ass is going to fly you guys there. Go upstairs. He's on the third floor. If you want to kill him, kill him. That was it. I didn't plan it. I mean, we... They told us what it looked like on the ground, and as tactical minds, we came up with what to do, but it's not like I'm in on the conspiracies. I also don't buy them, but they are kind of fun to get into. Like, there's a, there's a clip coming around, going around, or coming around, doing both. It's, a, it's Well, it's going around and coming around if it's a round planet, but if it's flat, God knows where it's coming from. But there's one of uh, Buzz Aldrin, who allegedly went to the moon with their crew. And someone was interviewing him, and, and he was taking a little Q&A from the audience, which to me is, is, um, is the most fun. When I'm on stage and we do q and I love it because I, I dare people. Ask me something I haven't heard. Like, seriously, hit me with it. Um, but, you know, it, it's very, very rare. But, but the, someone asked um, Buzz Aldrin, what was the most dangerous part of the mission to the moon? And he said uh, that we didn't go. <laughs> and she's like, What? What do you mean? No, the mo- what was the most dangerous part of the mission? He says it never happened. The mission didn't happen. Which I think Buzz Aldrin was at the age where he just didn't care anymore. And it's like it's like the the age where you stop getting your hip replaced because it just doesn't matter. Where the doctor looks at you and see you say, you, you know, my, my knee hurts, doc. What do we do? He's like, eh, kind of just go with it from here. You're you got one knee in the grave as far as I'm concerned. But Buzz said that. So conspiracy theories. But one one that kind of irks me is people, and, and not only do they, I, I don't know if they know I'm going to respond or think I won't respond, but I always get hit with the 9-11 was an inside job. And look at George Bush when he's sitting there in the classroom, and uh, he didn't do anything, and he was afraid, but the Bushes did it, and you know all the way back to Reagan, and it's, it's the one. You, you know, I've been invited to, there's a thing called Bohemian Grove. Twice I've been invited, and that's apparently a place in California where a bunch of dudes that run the world, the New World Order, get together, and there's no women, and no one knows what they do. And like they said, there's no booze or drugs, which for me, we got a bunch of dudes in the bushes with no booze or drugs. You know, what are we going to introduce ourselves? You know, Navy shit, I guess. But I was invited to that twice. I don't know where I'm going with this. And one of my regrets, like I get asked all the time, what are your regrets in life? I didn't go. That's a regret. I want to know exactly what's happening at Bohemian Grove. And like the, that, all that shit when you fold the, the dollar bills up and you can see the towers. And, and when George Bush was in that uh, classroom and they were saying something about uh, hit, steal, burn, the kids were reading that. And George Bush hears from Andy Carr that we're under attack. But because we're so far away of it, and a lot, and a lot of the people who were throwing this shit around are so far removed, and they weren't there on that Tuesday, that Tuesday morning when it, when it happened. When all of a sudden everyone's on board with freedom and everyone's afraid of Al Qaeda and everyone knows it happened. Nowadays it's like, yeah, the, it was an inside job. It had to happen. Um, the, we did it to ourselves. And, and I think, I mean, personally, and again, wasn't part of the planning, but I'm just saying it's a little insulting to people who lost people. For people that made that phone call that cut off when the plane hit the South Tower, the people saying we can't breathe and we're going to die in the uh, the 911. Um, 
responder is ha- having her pray with her, and then the you, the people that jumped out of the tower, which happened, and that's a horrible decision. You need to look down and make a decision as people behind you are cramming to get you out of the windows on the world because they can't breathe either, and we're going to fall and just you know grabbing a hand and jumping for it. Uh, seeing the dude that actually held up a, a tablecloth, like maybe it'll work as a parachute, which obviously it didn't. It's insulting to the passengers on Flight 93 that fought Al-Qaeda that voted for the people that were screaming and crying that will never see their loved ones again. Um, so I think before you start throwing around a lot of these conspiracy theories that, hey, look, Buzz Aldrin, God rest his soul, if they didn't go and he said so, fuck it. He didn't go. They didn't go. That's fine. I think we went. But I mean, we do have the technology, don't we, maybe to see with some of these high-speed uh, telescopes. Isn't there shit on the moon with uh, mirrors and whatnot where they're shooting lasers from Arizona, a laboratory, if you will? I said laboratory because I was on Piers Morgan show yesterday. I think laboratory is cool. And by the way, I'm spelling valor with a U in it now, valor. Um, anyway, I think you should be able to prove it, but, but the 9-11 thing bothers me because of that, because of the disrespect for what people went through, what families are still going through every September 11th when they read the names. Um, it happened. It really happened. And I don't think it was an inside job. Here's how I got there. We can all agree on this, right? Um, anything run by the government sucks. And most of you conspiracy theories that I hope are listening to this because I'm all about the ratings, baby, but most government agencies suck. And if you want to get less efficient, have the government run it. My analogy, because you always hear about uh, free health care, and we should have the government run the health care and government this, and they should bail us out. Here is what and you may have heard me say this before. Here, here's the way to tell how the government would run it. Think of your best experience at the DMV, your best experience. That's what the fucking government does. That's government right there. Can't do anything. No, sir. No, sir. You need to calm down. No. Get in that line. Here's a piece of paper. You should have been here two hours ago. Sign this to get in that line. Okay, that's it. So government is very, very inefficient. Government workers are very, very inefficient because in the bureaucracy, and we talk about bureaucracy, people cannot get fired when you work for the government. So there's no accountability whatsoever, and you will not get promoted because you do well. It's like in the movie Big with Tom Hanks when he saw Zoltar and he wished to be big and all of a sudden he's working in that uh, cubicle up in New York uh, um, and he's just busting his ass and everyone's saying, hey, what are you trying to do, make us look bad? Working harder is not going to get you promoted. Um, They promote for different reasons that I'm not going to touch and um, you can't get fired. So there's no accountability and the only time they really give you a solid answer is when they tell you you're going on, they're going on break. So government's not efficient. So if you're telling me the government did not... Now, look, I listen to other conspiracy theories, and I hear people on these kick-ass, shadowy... I love watching reels on Instagram because, boy, you, that algorithm gets you, and you get into the dark web, and, and I see some shit I don't need to see, and I pray that some of it's not real because people can be bad. But um, you get into stuff where... I remember seeing some dude saying he worked for the CIA, and we have this technology where... where and the guy goes, well, you can see my license if I'm holding it? He goes, oh, no, I can see through your walls. I can see what type of termites you have and that's what we had in the 60s imagine what we have now no you fucking didn't come on the best goddamn drone we had we found bin laden with it was a thirty thousand feet then they crashed it and i ran that's what we got it didn't see us inside and we didn't wear cameras for that reason because you don't know how to you don't need to know or see how justice was served just trust us that's what happened but it's fun to watch and i do like to see those like i believe some of those crazy assholes with the ufos that shit's got to be real right velcro we didn't invent velcro we're not that smart so UFOs, flat earth, conspiracies, 9-11. Um, here's why 9-11 was not an inside job. Because you're telling me that in these 2,000-foot towers, you know how much, like I've done breaching, I've done explosives, um, taking down walls, see what works on fences, what debt cord doesn't blow up, how to use C2, C3, C4, C6, that good shit, and, and uh, how explosions and bit thing goes boom, shut, shit goes bad, and if you can't get the cal, when in doubt, overload, boom. Just get away from it, and if the, tar- if the charge can see you, you can see it, or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? But um, it takes a lot of explosives, especially cutting charges, different directions to cut trees down, let alone the beams that it would take to, to take down one of the towers, um, and that other building that went down um, after the towers fell, and some dude said, yeah, we had to pull that. I'd love to get into that. I haven't looked into that. That's odd, but I mean, those two big towers coming down and just the base of everything, who knows what happened. I know, I know money's stored there, but money's stored everywhere. Not getting into that one tonight. But back to government workers. You mean to tell me that government employees, and I don't give a shit if it's the CIA. 
government employees went in to both towers every single day long enough to put enough explosives on the interior beams in order to implode both towers, and nobody noticed. Karen at the front desk on every building didn't notice one time some dude shouldn't have been there. What are they wearing? Do they come in as construction workers? Find out if they were construction. How much explosives would that have taken in order to implode those? Who was flying those planes that we all saw? You know, I, I don't think I don't think that um, government workers could have pulled it off. I really don't. I don't think we possess that capability. I think it was exactly what it sounds like. Because think about this: before 9/11, when planes got hijacked, they would say. Um, we are going to land and our demands are going to be met. Why would you fight? I'm not fighting these dudes. They could crash the damn thing. So the first few, they, they brought on Play-Doh that looked like a, an explosive vest. Um, suicide bombing had become popular in some of the uprisings in, um, in Israel. They'd done it before a couple times. I mean, suicide bombings are so common right now, we don't even bat an eye with it. That tells you how crazy religion is right there. Put that in your pipe. But if there's someone wearing Play-Doh and you can't necessarily tell that they're, it's, it's real or not, but they have a history of landing and dealing with, at least releasing some hostages. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not saying, God forbid, I say I won't fight because I know a lot of couch commandos out there are going to say, oh, run towards the sound of the gun. My bad. I would have fought him, but I wasn't, I was in Germany. I just finished in Kosovo. Thank you. Um, but what I'm saying is because suicide bombers weren't the norm yet, yes, the first, I think that they're going to let them fly the plane. And uh, the guys in the back don't know what they're doing, and they're going to martyr themselves. The only ones that really knew they were going to kill themselves were, uh, I think, uh, Muhammad Atta. Was it Marwan al-Shihi? Well, who gives a shit? These fucking guys. I don't think they even told their muscle guys in the back they were beating people. So they're playing the head fake. They're playing the bluff, but they're playing the deterrent type thing where th you got to realize word didn't get to the first three planes that they were martyrs, that they were suicide bombers until Flight 93. And the passengers on United Flight 93 got wind so what did they do? They they um, they attacked and then it went down in Chanksville. They fought them. So I guess what I'm getting at is I don't think we possess the operators to take down towers with explosives and decor and what it takes. And what like what are they outside at the friggin' Marriott or, or Burger King with the big Bugs Bunny plunger? <clears throat> where was the initiator? So where you know where did the manifest on the flights go? Where what did their families say? So 9/11 wasn't an inside job. But like I said, here's another good example of. Um, why I love conspiracies because okay we all enjoy we all enjoy watching this shit but you can't believe it here's the example I get a kick I love scary movies because of the thrill I totally dig the ghost shit and the guy in the house you know even though it's your wife there pulling a cord that makes a chandelier and you talk about Jesus and but you can hear Mike Lindell and my pillow on the on the radio um, I get I get a kick about the, the there's a show ghost stories right it's, it's, I think it's in its 15th season. Popular. It's awesome. I love it. I watch it. You know the only thing that hasn't been on that show in 15 seasons? A fucking ghost. Not one ghost. They, haven't, they have no proof of it. But we watch because we want to believe, but there's no proof. And whatever. I know we have to have faith in everything and believe, but I mean, there hasn't been a ghost on Ghost Humpers and, and dummies like me who watch it, by the way. And that dude, Zach, that, that runs it, I, um, yeah, good on him, man. I'd be on that show. I, be, I bet we could do a show, and he could scare me with nothing. You know why? Because here's how awesome this show is, and here's how awesome we are as people when we put our minds into being creative. This dude is a demonologist. I'm going to let that one sink in. A demonologist. Where do you go for school for that? The University of Satan somewhere. A demonologist. I mean, that's like someone that like specializes in, like, I thought they specialized in skin and hair and nails and like psoriasis, um, melanoma and oh shit. That's a dermatologist. Anyway, we believe in shit that's fun, but I mean, a lot of it can't be too serious because our government's not that good. But uh, that comes with, you know, don't trust me. Do your own research. Get multiple sources. Thinking clearly. On that too, um, you've been seeing that keto diet craze for ketones like it's a natural super fuel that uh, your body makes after you fast for a long time. I don't have time for that. I tried this stuff. Last week, it's called Ketone IQ, and thanks to modern science, it's drinkable ketones, and you can get them with like a bottle that you drink, or I like the little shots, and uh, as soon as I take it, I get more energy. I'm thinking more clearly. It's like starting the day with a, a push in the right direction. Believe it or not, it makes me uh, clearer and funnier, if that's a word, <laughs> um, but you can find these. Check out Ketone IQ at hvmn.com, 
hvmn.com and use code THEOPERATOR and you will get 20% off. Get some of these drinkable ketones. Start your day off the right direction. I can't promise it'll make you better looking, but it worked for me. So that's hvmn.com to get ketone IQ. Use the code THEOPERATOR. Yeah, but the, the, uh, the conspiracy theories and the way we let our minds run, and it is fun. But I mean, some of I mean, but some of them you believe, but some of them are crazy. Have you seen the ones with uh, the lizard people? And they have footage of some of the Secret Service or lizard people, like a lizard guy, or whatever. I've worked with the Secret Service before, and they do have. I'm not gonna. I don't want to get into their shit, but they do have some tactics that I think have been uh, shown. I'm not gonna say. I've never met again. It's like with the. Um, Secret Service, Jason Bourne, I can see through the wall shit that isn't real, but you want to believe it. I, I've I've yet to meet a lizard person, and I have met a I have met a lot of politicians, and I've I've spent some time on Capitol Hill. One of my first jobs was in D.C. on Capitol Hill, and you know that some of them eat like like pigs, but I've never seen a lizard person. But those are, those are some of the conspiracy. Th- okay, okay, it was ghost hunters, not ghost stories, and the reason that threw me off a little is I mentioned. Uh, Tom Hanks in the movie Big and Zoltar or Zoltan uh, because his character was Josh Baskin. In I don't have my producer here with me, so bear with me. I'm trying to get fast. So Josh Baskin was the um, was the kid in the movie Big portrayed by Tom Hanks, and then Zach Baggins is the demonologist in Ghost Hunters, not Ghost Stories. Again, um, great show. Beelzebub. Technical college or whatever for, for being a, a, a demonologist, but those those are the things too that are fun, and it is it is an adrenaline rush to get scared. I know a lot of guys th- a lot of guys don't get scared. For me, it's kind of fun watch a scary movie. The movie Smile was crazy. I really liked it. A lot of people said it wasn't realistic. Uh, okay, it wasn't, <laughs> but it's fun. But uh, to you know, getting scared about certain shit. That's why I believe we believe stuff on the internet. An- another one too that that. Uh, the internet and movies have screwed us before because it's, you don't need to be afraid of them. And I mention sharks all the time. When you get in the ocean, it, if we were going to get attacked by sharks, there would be shark attacks every single day if we were on the menu. I've done some stuff before. And, and you know, Peter Bensley's Jaws made it, made it look bad for sharks. And I'm probably repeating myself. You don't need to be afraid of sharks. It's, uh, they're, they're not going to hurt you. But there is that fear, you have to admit. A lot of people, I, I've read Navy SEALs books and I've heard interviews where they... They were worried about the two-mile ocean swim, and once they got done, they were just saying, well, thank God we're done with another two-mile ocean swim. I don't need to get worry about getting eaten by sharks. Even though we only swim outside of the uh, surf, right outside the surf zone where the water breaks, but, but the waves break, but that is where sharks live too. So they are there, and if you've ever been to the ocean, you've had a, a positive encounter with sharks. Um, I did a lot of diving with... Um, the, the, I've been in the water with the Great Whites. I've seen them up close. I've been, you know, I've seen, they've seen, great whites have seen me more than I've seen them. I've been, you know, without a cage with tigers and great hammerheads and lemon sharks and um, reef sharks and shit like that. Um, bull sharks. Now, the bull sharks are not a conspiracy. The, they fuck a bull shark. Those things are mean and like they know it. That's the fuck you shark. That's that's the shark that just didn't quite make it out of his, the, the tough neighborhood he grew in and he'll bite you. I actually... I was I, I got kind of cocky one day and I didn't want to believe I wanted to think that they were all conspiracy theories and I actually almost got my head bitten off by a bull shark. Uh, we were in the Bahamas in Bimini, right off the deck, right the dock where there's signs that say "Don't dive in here." We did, and I was saved by uh, Andy Casagrande. Uh, Andy Andy saved me. ABC Four Explorer, <laughs> he's awesome. Andy saved my ass. He put a uh, he he he's like a, a safety diver for sharks has like a broomstick. Or something like that, and anyway, he saved me. So the shark, some sharks are, um, some sharks are, are one sh- a group of sharks is bad. The rest of them are fine. I learned a lot of stuff with Andy too. I learned about the the um, when I was talking about the sharks are just kind of off the coast, like right off the the, the breakers. I learned about um, some of the deepest diving animals in the water. You know that I think this what definitely top three deep, deepest diving mammal is an elephant seal. I learned that when we were down off uh, Isla Guadalupe in Mexico. And uh, Andy told me, Andy Brandy Casagrande, he told me that um, an elephant seal, I believe the 
furthest they've gone down is, I want to say, close to 8,000 feet, and they can dive for 60 minutes. And I guess the reason that they can dive so deep is because of some myoglobin or myoglobin, something in their in their blood and the pressure and uh, the the temperature down there. There's like a no man's land right around 700 feet or something like that, but they go down to about 8,000 feet, 7,800 feet. And because of the blubber and some science, and sh- like they, 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 when a big elephant seal needs to avoid great whites, it'll go deeper than a great white. A great white doesn't. I, there's, a, there's a record on how deep they dive. The deepest dive in great white is something like 2,000 feet. I, and again, don't trust me. Look it up for yourself. But I think it's about right if I'm wrong. Get into the comment section and tell me what a dickhead I am. On Twitter, at least, tell me what a dickhead I am. That's what Twitter does. But yeah, so the, the, um, the lizard people aren't real. Zach Baggins is awesome. So is the ghost hunters. Um, and then sharks. Sharks are your friends. Don't worry about them. So we're, uh, we're going to get into, we were going to get into Afghanistan. Well, we did get into Afghanistan. We've talked about that before. And I wanted to get into the history of Al-Qaeda and the difference between Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, and different stuff like that. And here I am getting all excited to uh, do a podcast about Al-Qaeda and terrorism and the difference between certain sects of sects, sects of uh, Islam. And we can talk about that too. And then all of a sudden, this dude writes a book. And this dude served in Afghanistan for two tours, and he's part of the royal family, and his name is Prince Harry. So I got to bring him up because he, he just, uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to read the book. I might read the book. Uh, you guys have heard about Prince Harry, I'm sure, and uh, what's going on with Prince William, his brother, who will be the king. And um, I, I don't know if I necessarily need to read it because I am married to Jessica, and Jessica will read it a few times and will talk about it. I'm going to hear about it. I'm going to know about it to the point where I'm going to have to try to get some sort of cliff notes just so I don't run out of talking points. But but like I think, see, I, I want to give uh, Prince Harry the benefit of the doubt because I think he and I have quite a bit in common, right? Um, we... According to the stories and my upbringing, we've, here's what we have in common. We've both been beaten up by our brothers. We both have killed Taliban. And in our families, the women wear the pants. It's pretty obvious who's in charge if you see that. But he, he, he got in some trouble recently because he said that uh, he killed Taliban when he was flying, well, a gunner slash co-pilot for an Apache, which is an attack helicopter, which is the nicest way to say a helicopter that kills you. It shoots uh, Hellfire missiles. Hellfire. I mean, that's not an accident. Sidewinders, air-to-surface missiles. It's there to kill. And he they, he was asked something on one of the... Or in his book, he mentions he killed Taliban, and they said he killed 25. And he goes... He was saying, though, that he can separate it because he, 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 um, he needs to disassociate. The Army taught him to dis- disassociate with the human element, and they were more like chess pieces. And I was recently on uh, with Piers Morgan on TV and a couple other guys on a panel, and they asked me about, um, is it insulting he compared killing Taliban to chess pieces? And I said, sort of insulting to the chess pieces because I have respect for chess. <laughs> I mean, he's killing the bad guys. And, and I, I responded with, if, if he's killing the bad guys, I, as far as killing 25, I wish he would have killed more. Um, he's in an attack helicopter and he's shooting bad guys. And the only reason that, uh, Apaches get good intelligence or they're getting call for fire on, from guys on the ground that are, you know, he's in Hillman province near Kandahar, the capital of the Taliban. And if Apache rolls in in two years, he gets 25 kills. That's pretty good. It's not that bad, but everyone's up in arms now because there's, there's, if you can believe it, there are people in Afghanistan saying that eight members of my family were killed by the brutal British airstrikes, and now we want compensation. First, now, first of all, I'd, I've never been in that situation where I had to live with attack helicopters flying over me. That's got to be scary as hell. And for the innocent people that just happen to be in that part of the world, that fucking sucks, man. I don't know what it's like, and I'm not trying to make light of that. But the people who are speaking out and saying they want compensation, that's what that's what people always say. Those guys are cr- a lot. Sorry, a lot of those guys are criminals over there. A lot of those guys are taking advantage of the money that we send them. There, there were, you know, when we would do night raids in Afghanistan, we'd leave, and then the poor um, dudes the next day from the conventional forces that had to roll up, they didn't know what happened, and the people that might not have even been in the house were saying, yeah, they blew up my door, and they killed a, uh, three of my relatives that aren't here, and now we need $10,000 cash. Uh, there's a bit of corruption in Afghanistan. We did cover that a little bit, but every time you, you do something like that, and even right now they're saying, yeah, he was here and he was bad. Now we need compensation. Of course you do. 
we we're gone. We left. Forget about it. But you know, they're they're saying they want the compensation. If in Afghanistan, well, in actually most places, and I'm looking right at you, America. When you start giving money to the government, it doesn't all go where it's supposed to go. There is a lot of corruption in a lot of different places. When we start funding money, you're not a lot of your aid doesn't get to the people. It gets to the the politicians or the um, dictators who happen to be above them or the shadow governors or the, the brother of the shadow governor that he appointed as the czar of the poppy fields or whatever he does. Uh, yeah, but they want compensation because here's, here's who came out and said it. Um, apparently, we offended someone from the Haqqani family. Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Haqqani family, but to put it nice, they're a bunch of assholes. This family, they are, they have, they were designated a terrorist group. This family, right around the start of the war in Afghanistan, uh, but they've been operating over there. We were funding them. We, the United States of America, was funding the Haqqani network. Uh, the president was Ronald Reagan. Charlie Wilson, I mentioned him last time. He was a congressman through Gus Avocados. Was fun- the Haqqani network were major players here, major recipients of the funding that we sent to help the Afghan people. A lot of it was aid and to rebuild the economy, and I'm sure it all got there. It didn't go to the Haqqani family. But that was part of the Mujahideen fight and the Russians, and obviously because the Russians are going to be our enemies forever, and they're the communists, and I'll be damned if we're not spreading democracy, we're stopping communism, so we're pumping money and stingers and whatnot in there. Got to the Haqqani network. We're helping the Soviets. I'm sorry. We're helping the Haqqani network fight the Soviets, and these are Mujahideen, and they're assholes, and yes, they're they're hardline Sharia law, which is Islamic law, uh, dudes that they're saying they want to, you know, they're partnered with the Taliban. They basically are the Taliban. They were, some of these Haqqani guys were in the Doha negotiations when we all went to Qatar to negotiate because that was a sweet deal. Allah's eyes don't shine here, so Haqqani and Taliban could roll over here and, you know, just saying, booze, hookers, that's all there. Allah doesn't see it. But uh, yeah, this, so they, they were there in the beginning, I think in the 70s, and then and when the Russians invaded, the Haqqani network was there, and then they helped the Taliban, and then we're there, and they hate us. And they're, they're pretty much in eastern Afghanistan, but they're also in Pakistan mainly. And they're not just Taliban. They're criminals, man. Yes, they're going to enforce Sharia law on you, but or not, well, hopefully not you. Jeez, I hope wherever you're listening to this, you're not anywhere near that, for goodness sake. But um, yeah, they're, so they're, they're, they're the harsh Sharia law, they can keep people oppressed with that, keep them dependent on them for that. But they're also, like, they're running, they're trafficking all kinds of stuff. Yes, drugs, but when I say the word trafficking, it goes hand in glove with the root groomer. You know, man love Thursday. They're doing that. They're pushing shit, poppies, drugs, um, all kinds of stuff. Anyway, part of the Hikani Network, the father had a son, and that son had a father. This kid, whatever, he came out, he said that uh, he was offended because some of these... Some of these fighters that uh, the prince killed, they had families to go back to, too. So they need to be compensated. So these terrorists are now telling us they need to be compensated for something for someone from the royal family flying an attack helicopter uh, did and killed a bunch of their guys because they had families, too. So we better fund them. And this world is so fucking backwards right now. It wouldn't surprise me if we just started funding the Haqqani Network because their feelings were hurt. That, that's kind of where we're at. I mean, we're at a point right now, if you think about it, some of these people, and I'm not saying politically or religiously where they are, think about this, and I'm going to talk a little slower so I can process what I'm saying. There are such blatant lies being told to you right now. that It's like, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? Right in front of you, and if you tell the truth, they're going to blame you and call you a name for something that is so... But you know, It's like the whole believe the science, believe... The, not the science, the science that I say is science. <clears throat> anyway, wouldn't surprise me at all. If um, if we just started paying people because we offended them because someone shot missiles at someone else a long time ago, and uh, that was that. And then, and I was talking to Piers Morgan about it, and they they asked because uh, there's something else. And again, I haven't read the book, and I know I'm talking about it. I'm going to end up reading the damn thing. Um, they said there's a part where um, uh, Prince Harry went home, and he, I don't even know what age you were, but he said uh, Prince William, soon to be King William, or whatever. They, they actually the name of the book is Spare because. Prince Harry is so convinced he was born for spare parts in case something happened to Will Willie. <laughs> so they could just, you know, hey, you, you need that pancreas? Thanks, dog. Boom. New king. Uh, but they said he came home and he got in a fight with the with with his brother William and they said he threw me to the ground or whatever he said, and that's something about a broken necklace. <laughs> and um 
and then I was asked uh, if my brother beat me up uh, and he, he threw me to the ground and broke my necklace, would I tell anybody for money or would uh, that be so embarrassing I wouldn't say it? I'm like, dude, I think I became a Navy SEAL because I got beat up so much by my brother Tom. And then when I came back, I could beat the crap out of him. And I'll tell you what, man, I'll rub some dirt in his face and be the bully myself. Or I'll, I'll be bullied too, if uh, depending on how much money is in the contract <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, that's, I mean, not, shit, now that I'm talking about it, I have to get into it. But yeah, everything is, everything is so backwards. It, it reminds me of, um, there was a thing I heard. You remember, you know, remember the great toilet paper debacle of 2020? And you kind of only have... A little bit at a time, like you gotta, you gotta rash. Even though toilet paper is not a survival mechanism, it's just nice to have. Nice to have, but you, a lot of people were rationing their toilet paper. <laughs> and I was talking to my dad, and he told me something. He's like, "Yeah, there's, there's um, you, you can save a lot of a lot of effort and a lot of your um, supplies if you just blow your nose in the toilet paper and then wipe your ass with it. We call that in prison the uh, the Alabama wet one." <laughs> So we're touching on a lot of things here, some more intimate than the others. Kind of like when you go to the bathroom, you always want to close the door for the privacy. You don't want some passerby to come in and see what you're doing. Well, using the internet without ExpressVPN is like going into the bathroom and not closing the door. Did you know that your internet provider knows every single website that you visit and they can sell it to tech giants who will give you those pop-ups that you hate? the ads. ExpressVPN puts a stop to this. It creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that your activity cannot be seen by anyone. I use ExpressVPN on all my devices, my MacBooks, my um, tablet, my iPhone, and it's not just having the security. I love the thought of having the security, and it's great. And the best part, using ExpressVPN is as easy as closing the bathroom door. Just fire up the app, click one button, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is the world's number one rated VPN by Mashable, The Verge, and countless others. So if you're like me and believe your online activity is your business, secure yourself by visiting expressvpn.com slash the operator. Today, use my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash the operator, and you can get an extra three months free. That's expressvpn.com slash the operator. <laughs> but for, I mean, regardless of the plan, for some reason, we always end up back in Afghanistan. We always end up talking about Afghanistan. I want to go into the history of Al Qaeda and the beliefs behind it, but I just find myself going off on tangents and talking about stuff I, re I remember. And that's, again, fitting because that's kind of what we did in Afghanistan from the beginning, and not even our beginning, but when we started supporting uh, the Mujahideen fighting the Russians. Um, we were funneling so much money in there in the 80s. There were uh, lawmakers. I think there was a quote. I, I have some, a couple notes written there that we said something along the lines of, so what if the price of ending the Cold War is supporting a few wound-up Muslims? And they just kind of lumped everybody in there. And and Saudi Arabia was doing the same thing. They... Um, there's there's a strain of radical Islam Wahhabism in Saudi Arabia. It started there again. Another conversation at a different time. But Saudi Arabia, so they Saudi Arabia was matching whatever money we threw into Afghanistan in the eighties against the Russians. They were matching it, and then it was all going through Karachi into Pakistan, and so it all got to Afghanistan. But they were having their own. They're having their, own, their trouble in Saudi Arabia with these Wahhabis. So they were sending them. They're just kicking them out of Saudi Arabia, sending them to the mountains of Afghanistan to fight uh, against the infidels at the time, which were the, the Russians, and then it was us. But Saudi Arabia's getting rid of stuff. We're funding people that eventually is going to come back to bite us in the ass because we're, you know, we're trying to get rid of the Russians. And again, it's, a, it's, a, it's one big rotation, and this just keeps going on and on. And um, it's, it's one of those things where, where it, when we invoked Article 5 of NATO— and we went in there, and, and I've said before that a lot of our problems with a lot of our leaders is, um, it, it, especially at some of the schools, I've never been to the Naval War College. I'm sure it's awesome. I'm sure there's some amazing history there, but I, I don't think even at the service academies, I'd be willing to bet, they don't teach winning. They teach leadership. They teach how to get in line, but they don't teach how to win. And I'm pretty sure, I you know, I, I don't have a degree, but my whopping 12 credits I got in Montana Tech at the University of Montana. I think even I can read enough to know the strategists are taught, never start a war that you don't have a plan to end. 
and we didn't do that. We we just kind of jumped in there, and I um, and I think a way to put this, someone said that you know you you hear uh, I'm not a tough guy, but you hear tough guys, legitimate tough guys, will say when they talk the safest fight like in the streets, the safest fight you can get into is the one you don't get into, the one you walk away from. Just because you never know what could happen. You never know if someone's going to pull a gun or you're going to hit your head on something and they die and, and you go to prison or you die or you get maimed. Um, and you don't know what someone's capable of. Uh, someone tougher than me said, never get in a fist fight with someone you don't know, which is um, which is true. But for some reason, we always end up in Afghanistan talking about Afghanistan. Uh, I was on social media and I'm reading a lot. Some quotes that I say, I, I don't mean to not give credit in the proper place. But I get asked a lot about the Canadian Special Forces. We worked quite a bit with with the Canadians. And someone in a book that I was reading, he was giving an after-action report. And I think he might have been a Brit because we worked a lot with the Brits. Uh, the Special Boat Service, actually, the SBS, which is the the, the Royal Marines. you got to be a Royal Marine and then you go to the Special Boat Service as opposed to the SAS, Special Air Service. Um, that's like Army and Navy. Navy SEALs, Delta, SAS, SBS. Um, one of the... Special Boat Service guys described the Canadian Special Forces as the deadliest bunch in town, but also the friendliest, which I think is awesome. And so we we actually worked with the Canadians quite a bit, and it was kind of cool to work with them. A lot of guys were close to where I grew up in Montana, um, Canada and Montana border, but you know it's a big country, and Montana's a big uh, big state. Like you can be a, in a part of Montana and drive that way for ten hours, and you're still in Montana. But uh, we worked with them. And I think so. We were in Kandahar. I'm talking about Kandahar and Afghanistan because I was going to give a history lesson, but then I started talking about Prince Harry, who was flying Apaches and helmets near Kandahar. So I'm thinking, and we we were at uh, Kandahar, working with the Canadians and the Brits. And the nice thing about having the Canadians, because we talk a lot, and you'll hear a lot about these bases that are built up. Um, we have some amenities on base like we we will homestead the fuck out of a place we don't need to live like spartans we'll homestead we got burger kings one thing that the canadians brought were tony horton's donuts oh god moment of silence there but uh yeah so tony horton's donuts and then the brits had a place called the shaky shack and that's where you go because they're they're realistic along with the germans uh they would actually bring beer uh, the germans wouldn't leave base in their part wherever they were up north near Majuri Sharif or some shit. Uh, they wouldn't leave base, but they, like one of the biggest problems with the Germans was that they drank too much and they wouldn't work, which is, hey, if you want to be a bear, you'd be a grizzly bear. But uh, we went to the Shaky Shack. We're working with the SBS and the Kansoff guys, and something happened with one of our guys. They were doing some sort... It wasn't an initiation. It was more of a um, celebratory bong. A beer bong, by the way. We're not animals. A beer bong. And someone was doing something, and people sort of looking around, and someone, I don't know why, but like in the packages that we would have sent to us from the States, other than coffee creamer or you know whatever, one thing that we really liked to have was hot sauce. Uh, it's just a good taste of home, and no matter how bad, and believe it or not, there's better food off base with the Afghans than on base, even though who can beat a Whopper? Pound for pound, still Big Mac's a Big Mac, but you know. France, they call it Love Big Mac. And they don't know what the fuck a quarter pound is, but um, the, uh, hot sauce. One of the, the the Canadian guys got this shit sent to him, and I forget the name of it. But it was um, it was it, it was something. It wasn't from Canada, but a Canadian had it sent to him, and it was like Carolina Reaper pepper, ghost pepper. Um, one of those things that like comes in an eyedrop, and it's like a million or two million Scoville units. And I didn't prepare for this story at all, so I don't know what a Scoville is. It's probably named after Doctor Scoville, who had. Uh, hot sauce, but um, there was something along the lines of like it's a pepper, not a pepper, um, uh, an eyedropper for a vat of chili. And we had a couple of our celebration beer bongs, and and they uh, one of our guys named Hawk, um, they, they challenged someone that can't eat a teaspoon, a teaspoon of this sauce, and he did. Yeah, uh, this is kind of my I, like I've trained quite a bit with the Canadians. I didn't really go to war with them. This is as close as I've ever been to war because Hawk took that down. His face did turn red eventually before the vomiting ensued, and then you know we had to bring him out on a stretcher to the medic. So they got their work done there. Uh, but yeah, uh, Hortons, Kansoff, uh, great dudes, nice guys, polite. They'll kill you. SBS is always. Uh, we do. I do need to interview some SBS guys. I got. I've got a few ideas. I want to interview uh, um, some some Brits from different 
branches and and uh, Aussies. And I will go to Australia for that interview because that's just a great spot if I can get in because that place has been on lockdown since their democratically elected government showed told them what to do, those folks, which is awesome. And, and so now we're jumping around. Um, Afghanistan, we talked about conspiracy theories and then we talked about government just a second ago because I brought it up because I'm the only one talking. Um we, conspiracy theory thing. We were talking about the conspiracies, conspiracy theories and all that shit. And I was saying how I don't believe a lot of them, however entertaining. And I do love some of the footage. And who fucking knows, right? Because um, you can't... <laughs> I mean, w- w- conspiracy theories are one thing, but conspiracies that turn out to be the truth, that's just the truth. And that's what people start protecting each other and talking about alternative facts and all that bullshit and uh, misinformations. And like once the the Clinton administ- the Clintons... Period. Oh, God, I, I don't want to die of suicide next week. But once they started, they realized that saying Russian disinformation worked. They just kept saying it all the time, Russia, Russia, Russia. So a lot of those, a lot of those conspiracies aren't conspiracies. They're actually real, like the ones with American agencies spying on Americans and, and trying to interfere with elections. I don't want to get political, but come on. <laughs> anyway, uh, some of that stuff is... is um, some of that stuff's legit, and that's the big thing right now with the classified documents. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. Um, president Joe Biden, the most popular president in the history of the motherfucking galaxy, uh, they found, his lawyers found, apparently, some classified documents in one of his places near an office because, the you know, at 500 bucks an hour, I'm hiring my attorneys to clean my place. <laughs> but they found him or whatever, and it was something to do with before the election and they didn't find him or they might have found him, but someone hit him. Whatever, classified documents. They turn up now after the elections, after the Republicans have a Speaker of the House. I'm not getting into it. Whatever. Classified documents. He was hiding them. And if you notice, like, last year, they or this summer, they found some shit at, at Mar-a-Lago for, for Donald Trump. And that was, you know, the media, the, the, the honest media that doesn't say the same shit on every fucking station. Like, they, they, there are people that, that, that refuse to... Um, go out and try to diversify and find different sources. There are people people in this country that really didn't realize the border was open until recently, and they still don't know because they cleaned it up. I talked about the lipstick on a pig. They shine it up before the admiral gets there, The the um, put the flowers in the shit. And no, like They cleaned up El Paso. President Biden went down there. That brought the news with them, but there was nothing happening. So a lot of people really don't know the border is a big of a problem as it is, and that's an entire episode too with the, the dangers of the border and Mexico and, and uh you know, I mean, people that are paying attention are asking why our military is not fighting the cartels, which is a very dangerous thing, by the way. You're getting into a whole new bag of cats with that one. Because you got to fit, I mean, that open border and those cartels, you've seen what the cartels do. And I don't even want to talk about them. They'll come after you. So I'm not touching that. I saw one the other day where a cartel guy called a dispatcher and said, why are you guys coming after our guys? I know where you live. We're getting you first. You back off. We have a deal type shit. Hey, whatever. But... Uh, the politicians and a lot of the media don't tell the truth, if you can believe that. And then the, um, the, the, some of the conspiracies are real. Um, um, Hillary Clinton, with her 30,000 emails that she said were just about yoga and some about her daughter's wedding. 30,000. It's a good fucking wedding. It's a lot of yoga, man. My downward dog is off. 30,000. They, uh, they had software, I guess, called um, Bleach Bit. And the server and literally shattered it with hammers because that's how you act when you're innocent. You know, but the the documents came out, and um, they're you know nothing's going to happen. Let, don't bullshit yourself. I know it's the uh, the phrase that pays and the fucking song of the day right now. Nothing's going to happen. Like you see, uh, there was some some uh, these politicians, man. There were some reporters outside of certain offices. Like Nancy Pelosi came out of her office, and a reporter's there, and so her her little cookie eating face walked up to it because you know it's a it's a camera, and then they asked about um um the Biden classified, and she kind of uh-huh, and walked away. Because you know they've gotten to the point where um, they don't even realize that they they're elected by the people. They answer to the people now. They're the bosses, but they don't give a shit. Nothing's going to happen. I mean, nothing's going to happen to Donald Trump either. Um, they're trying, and if you know if they had anything on Donald Trump, they would have nailed him a long time ago. But they made such a big stink, and now it's not a big deal. And this this really, this, I mean, this is where the realization that and and if, I mean, pay attention and look. The powerful people protect powerful people. They're not going to end up getting in trouble. They're, they're, you know, Joe Biden's not getting raided by the FBI. Um, no one, the, the people that go to uh, jail and go to solitary confinement without even really being accused are the people that, like idiots, stormed the Capitol, even though they're being let in by the Capitol Police. 
Um, don't say that, though. That's a conspiracy, even though it happened. You know, why, why don't they release all the footage? They don't have to because fuck you, you the voter. We don't need you to vote. Your vote doesn't count when we can hoard them. So the, uh, the classified documents, whatever, we're going to have something brand new to yap about and someone's going to be all up in arms and the jowls will be flapping. It's a reprehensible blah, blah, fucking blah. So anyway, but they, they do that. Uh, a lot of people are using classified documents and, um, you know, the, the greatest threat to democracy since the Civil War was a fucking dude with face paint and a, a buffalo hat. <laughs> So we do jump around quite a bit from subject to subject because it is a mad, mad world, crazy times, from food shortages to uh, are they going to get rid of our gas-powered grills? And if uh, you are not stocked up with emergency food, maybe a $200 discount will change your mind. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest preparedness company, and they're knocking $200 off their three-month emergency food kit when you go to preparewithrob.com. This three-month food kit gives you a wide variety of delicious breakfast, lunches, dinners, drinks, snacks, enough food to feed one person for three solid months. But be sure to get one kit per member of your family so you do not run out. The food stays fresh for up to 25 years with no refrigeration necessary. It will save the day whenever the day comes, and it can. But you'll save $200 per kit if you act now. Go to preparewithrob.com, and your order might just ship in the same day, you'll get free shipping too. Everything arrives in unmarked boxes for your privacy, but don't wait until it's too late. Get it today. Go to preparewithrob.com and save $200. That is preparewithrob.com. These are some combat stories. Some are fun, some are funny, some are not so funny. But unlike combat, parenting is something you got yourself into. The government didn't lead you there. So dirty diapers, screaming fits, and sleepless nights. Parenthood is not for the faint of heart. Trust me, I know. But Tactical Baby Gear was founded by parents for parents with kit that you're proud to carry. You'll overcome every spit-up, blow-out, and meltdown along the way. Prepare for whatever parenting leads you with cool kit like a fully customizable tactical diaper bag. It's ready. But be ready because it could get messy. This stuff is highly practical, highly functional, very cool, extremely high quality, and it's always ready. So we're talking diaper bags, baby carriers, strollers, wagons, everything in between, lifetime warranty. So go check out tacticalbabygear.com and save 15% when you use code THEOPERATOR. Tacticalbabygear.com, code THEOPERATOR. God, guns, and diapers, baby. So, uh, yeah, so that's fun. But that's... Um, the classified stuff and, and even, you know, what, from what I've seen and, and maybe I'm just smart enough to carry a gun and a sledgehammer and I'm not one of the smart guys that got to see everything, but like to hear these people, especially the talking heads on television, they're, they're reading a script that's given to them by their certain political party. And they're just talking about these secrets that we can't give away and national security. And we got congressmen sleeping with Chinese spies. We have Chinese spies driving senators around. China's infiltrated our universities. China's got it. That's, the, we're not given anything away, but as long as they can argue and then go have cocktails with each other, they being the, um, the politicians, because they do. I've seen them, whatever, judgy, judgy. But uh, uh, the classified stuff and the encryption is a funny story because they, they found out a lot of stuff, they being the smart folks. They, I like to make light of a lot of stuff because you know I've been to the wars, I've seen the shit, I live with it, um, whatever. But there are people that actually do stuff, and I don't mean to, to make light of it, but that's just kind of my nature. Um, when we when we finished the Bin Laden raid and all that stuff that we gathered when we stayed on station for a couple extra, uh, I don't know, 14 minutes or whatever we did, we were gathering stuff because we found three different offices, a lot of different stuff, and a lot of the stuff that they found called the Bin Laden papers um, gave us an inside view of what was happening. Because I guess what was going on, and we found this out because of uh, because of our reaction, our response to 9-11, it was so overwhelming that we basically shattered Al-Qaeda, and, and they didn't realize we were going to do it until we did it. And um, they, they, they didn't know uh, what to do with it. They were in hiding, but other groups around the world were, were sort of buying shares of Al-Qaeda, and Al-Qaeda really didn't mind, the leadership didn't mind. If, if they were getting credit as long as they kind of all agreed, but they needed to communicate because there was Al-Qaeda everywhere. If you remember, if you recall, we invaded Iraq. We did. 
in 2003. And so uh, Al-Qaeda in Iraq started up, and that was Abu Musab al-Zarqawi, who turned into the leader. He was the one that made the beheadings all, all popular, horrible shit. But according to his religion, uh, he's getting the, when when, when Al Qaeda or well, they when when they attack, they they other than killing a bunch of people, they also want a bunch of eyes on it to see it because you kill people, but you also get the um, you get the exposure. So uh, they needed to communicate. So you got Al Qaeda in Iraq, you got um, Ayman al Zawahiri and Osama bin Laden in Pakistan, you got dudes up in Waziristan in the mountains, and then you have. Um, there's other shoot, uh, offshoots of uh, certain Sunni insurgent groups, and again, I'm going to get into that later, but um, Al-Qaeda was Sunni, other ones, Al-Qaeda in Iraq, uh, ISIS Sunni, and then uh, there's a place in Africa right around Algeria, and it was called uh, Al-Qaeda in Islamic Maghreb, and that's North Africa, some of the mountains over into Mali, uh, Tunisia, Libya, stuff like that, and that's where those dudes are, and they were... They're seeing some of the credit that Al-Qaeda in Iraq is getting, and they're also getting a little bit of the funding because it does come down to little shit like, um, you know, they, they would pay for martyrs' families and their wives and stuff. They're getting money for funding and travel exposure, but they need to communicate, and they, they're not necessarily working for bin Laden, but they sort of need to talk to him. And so right around 2004, um, the, you know, they got their computer dorks too. Like Al-Qaeda has geeks like we do. Like, what up, nerd? Except in Arabic. And... um the jihadi media started working on this encryption stuff and it was in 2007 came out and they called it um, our version of the, the secrets of jihadis. And so they can, it was something that they came up with where if it wasn't that big of a file, they could share it, but not necessarily send it. Cause we have bigger nerds. We have better people that can in intercept and find out what they're doing. And they, uh, they found about this encryption that they're sending to each other because they want to communicate. And even UBL warned, we learned from the Bin Laden papers, he didn't want the brothers to get complacent. So we don't want to be uh, sending shit to each other, but we still need credit to build the Al-Qaeda brand. Here's where it gets fun. We're not going to do much of a history lesson here. We're going we're gonna to do one of those humanity of war things because Al-Qaeda and a lot of the papers that we found, you know, they, they were talking a lot about the suffering that they physically and mentally go through because, I mean, yes, we go back to Bagram and we have karaoke night and green bean coffee, but these motherfuckers are out in caves and it's snowy and it's shitty. And, and uh, there were some points where some of the dudes were married and they wanted to bring, you know, they were encouraged to keep their wives and families in the cities because they're less likely to get bombed, but some of them would want to bring their um, families with them. So these the Islamic Maghreb guys in the mountains want to maybe bring their families up. Most of the guys were not married. Some of them were. Some guys would uh, bring their families with them in, in Waziristan and um, as opposed to sometimes running when they needed to to flee, they would stick around with their family and fight to the death because whatever. You know, it's, these are family things you really don't think these goofy little terrorists have to deal with, but that was it. And they're finding this in the papers. And uh, one of the concerns that they had, uh, and this is like a dude talking to Sheikh Ayman al-Zawahiri. He was saying uh, the poor celibate brothers and their overbearing situation. And you can almost, so these dudes are sending this Islamic jihadi stuff, and you can almost hear them hear blushing. But they're talking about, uh, what does it say here? It says, uh, th uh, the view of the brothers extenuating circumstances. We do not object to letting them know it would be permissible to masturbate. Wow, I can see that one coming. So apparently, some of these uh, Quran thumpers, just like our Bible thumpers, um, they say that masturbating is bad, so you can't do it. So they're writing letters back and forth, and they're trying to qualify the proposal in order to let these jihadis jerk off. Is uh, what does this say? Uh, here's one of their letters, and this is some notes that I've I've uh, taken. Uh, this practice is not customary, and it's rather embarrassing. These are jihadis talking, B embarrassed. They're going to blow themselves up. Motherfuckers are embarrassed. So it says, uh, the brothers in the Islamic and jihad movements are not accustomed to broaching this issue. It could be misunderstood. It may have negative implications to which we have not been attentive. What do you think? Should we avoid proposing it altogether and prescribe continuing exhaustive patience and fasting instead? So these guys are in the mountains with, I'm, ex I'm assuming because of the cold and other circumstances, extreme cases of blue balls. 
And they're talking about like the guys up in North Waziristan. Should we, you know, we're denying their request because we're running out of money because we got run out of Afghanistan. Um, should we just let these guys jerk off, right? And that's what they're talking about. And they're they're like literally talking about the different ways they call each other brothers. Like everyone in the jihad is a brother and sister. And uh, it depends on if you call them Sheikh brother or whatever. And they're they're calling like they're literally writing these uh, back and forth. And they're calling like as opposed to just saying, "Hey, man, can can I can I rub one out?" You know, put a tie on the door so you don't walk in because I'm assuming you can't lock a cave. But they're they're calling them a pra- pragmatic political approach. They're talking about masturbating, so apparently it's bad, and you need to get permission from UBL to jerk off. Boy, boy, am I out of line. Um, so that just that just struck me as funny. That well, there, I mean, even there's um, I was I, I saw another one when I what I like about this job that I have of having a podcast is I like study all the time, but. It might not look like I'm studying. It's like I'm 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 on my phone looking at Instagram, and the wife's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Well, I'm studying, obviously." And so, one of the famous things that they found on um, in in Bin Laden's house was porn, and you may have heard that, and and that's why they kind of brought it up. It's very sensitive that Bin Laden had porn with some herbal Viagra and stuff like that, but they didn't say he was jerking off. Now he did have three wives with him, so. I don't know. And that's another funny story, too, is he left the two old ones downstairs, kept the young one a mall upstairs, whatever. But they were saying he wasn't jerking off to it. He just happened to have it. He said there were, there were, uh, <laughs> there wasn't necessarily porn, but there was links, um, like screenshots of uh, suggestive dating sites with some pictures. And it's like, yeah, that's why I walked in on Bin Laden holding his phone up with one hand. <laughs> what was the other one doing? Um, but yeah, that was, the, that was the whole thing. And I, I guess what they were doing was, uh, I, I don't know, but you know, I guess to cover for him, they were saying they were hiding missions encrypted on those, on those, um, those discs. But anyway, I was studying Instagram and, uh, I came across this reel where it was, uh, uh, uh now I'm again, I'm not trying to lump all religions together, but we have what the Brits would call goodies and baddies. And one of these dudes called, a, I'm assuming was a baddie, was a Christian preacher. And I, I walked onto a sermon of um, this preacher in front, of, uh, in front of his crew of people. And this dude is like uh, straight up apologizing. And he's telling you that when you masturbate, <laughs> you, uh, you're, you're donating sperm to the masturbation demon. <laughs> Or whatever. So like yeah, it's like it's it's demonic and he says masturbation to the point where like I'm by myself and I'm uncomfortable watching this poor dude and he he's got the the typical um TV evangelical tears rolling down his face. He's talking about the masturbation demon and how it's bad and apparently Al-Qaeda thinks it's bad. So that's what we have in common is you can't jerk off. And this this preacher's up there and he said um he said even if you're married you can't do it because something that you're enjoying you should be with your wife and you do it by yourself. You're just having sex with the demon. And I'm now I'm intrigued. And I'm like I got to stick around for the end of this. And he goes, "Yeah, just the other day I was helping a 50-year-old married man uh exercise the demon of masturbation. I'm like, ah, and there it is. Because the whole time I was thinking, what did you get busted doing? (laughs) Do you need to get up on this damn, you know, get out of your Ferrari and get on the the pulpit there and start telling us how bad it is to touch ourselves. And then, then it comes out. Oh, you and the dude, you know, we weren't fucking each other. We're just having a class about demons. (laughs) Okay. Busted anyway. So we're bad. So that, that was this, it, it, um, uh, it just uh, it, it struck me then that uh, w- see I don't know if you know this about us um, in the mi- U.S. military and for you veterans listening you do know this about us um, w- it's not that big of a deal if you know you're by yourself you're on you know you're over at Fob Shank you, you're not going out on a mission it's snowing hey whatever you know like I've done turnovers with um, Red Squadron used to turn over with Gold Squadron and I would roll up there. And they, Gold Squadron was known for not necessarily cleaning up after themselves. I, you know, and, well, turnovers where like, here's where you go, here's the fucking helo, here's what, blah, blah, blah. These are the showers, this is your bed. Where and the turnover, you would think, especially being a good shipmate, like I consider myself, I'm going to clean up. No. You know, the, the porn I have over there, yeah, I'm going to leave it behind for them because the internet connection is not that great over here and I don't need to waste your time. But like gold was so bad, like I would find dive socks so, like, if I threw it against the wall, it would shatter like a dunk from Daryl Dawkins. Like a, 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 like like Dr. Dunkenstein rolling up there and shat like turbo-sexophonic delight dunk. 
So anyway, so that's some of the stuff that went down in Afghanistan. Apparently, Al Qaeda and some preachers and a couple couple of moms don't like jerking off. Some guys in the military, sorry to break it to you, some of us do. So um, on that, we do need to get into the Bin Laden papers. I want to get into the history of Al Qaeda. Um, I'm glad that we got a, <laughs> for lack of a better term, I'm glad we got a touch on a few different subjects that not necessarily. Um, aren't part of the the global war on tourism but uh yeah that's uh so that's it we're, we're going to get into it eventually in the Bilan papers I, you know I, I even want to get into the rise of al-qaeda in iraq and um abu musab al-zarqawi and then isis um uh, just just the way that the, the uh the different sects of islam sects of islam work and like someone like claiming to be the caliph in one place and then they didn't necessarily run it over the headshed over there because they're too worried about catching the anyway so the point that i'm getting at is keep your feet on the ground for god's sake stop touching yourself and you're never out of the fight